0: I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Rob Paravonian. Before we get to Rob, some announcements I need to make, and that is our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com go there. You can see some stories that I've written, some stories that guests have written. You can see photos of the guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to our social media. And by social media, I mean, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page, to YouTube, and links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe to the show for free. And as always, I ask if you're on one of those platforms, please give us a nice rating. That helps more people find the show, because it boosts our presence, and that's always a cool thing to do. So if you could do it, I'd appreciate that. If you want to write me and think you'd be good for the show, or maybe you know somebody would be good for the show, or maybe you just want to say nice things, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Rob Paravodian. and it's always good to see Rob. Rob is my old roommate from New York. He's still in Brooklyn, still keeping it real still in the hood. Rob is a comedian slash musician, and he was out in LA for a week and crashed on my couch. And as payment, I forced him to do a podcast. This is Rob's second time on the show. He did it a number of years ago. He's been on the road performing comedy many, many years, like myself. And like myself, he just started doing cruise ships. So he's uh, done a few ships on Disney which I've never done. So that fascinated me about the uh, Disney cruise experience. But we also talk about the road and also New York. We talked a little bit about that as well. Rob's a great guy. If you get a chance to see him live, he's uh, an original act. You know, he writes original songs and uh, he's a funny guy and he's he's a likable man. So if you can get a chance to see him, you want to find his schedule, you Google Rob P. Rocks. Because everybody uh, misspells his name. <laughs> uh, that's why he was smart to get Rob P. Rocks. But follow him, and we'll have links to all his sites on TravelTalesPodcast.com as well. So, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Rob Paravonian. <laughs> Welcome, Rob Parabona, into the Travel Tales Podcast. Welcome back. You did yes. one of these before years ago.
1: A few years ago, a few, half a dozen, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, too lazy to look it up to see what it was, but I know it was a while ago.
1: You were in your old house. That's right. And I know I haven't been out to Los Angeles in five years, so it was at least five years ago.
0: Other than where I'm living, has LA changed in any way that you've noticed? Well, the
1: the train, there's a longer train line. And I took the train the other day, um, the expo line from beautiful Santa Monica into USC, my alma mater, to check out the campus. The campus changed a little. Imagine that in 20 some years. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: are you still in Brooklyn after? uh, I'm still in Brooklyn. Where we lived. And so how does that compare, our train, compared to Brooklyn trains now?
1: Well, your trains are nicer and above ground. So they're very (laughs) sunnier. Yeah. Uh, They're quieter, both. Uh, Passenger-wise, and just the actual mechanics of the train-wise, even the new cars for in New York for some reason screech like hell around going around <laughs> corners. So, um, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit slower, a little bit smaller, but uh, but pleasant. It was an overall pleasant experience.
0: How? Uh, when was the last time you were here? Five years?
1: Yeah, it was November of 2013. Oh my gosh! I believe. Yeah, it was a long time. And you've been in
0: Brooklyn the whole time?
1: Um, well, I've traveled. Yeah, I know. I know. I I, that's where my home has been. Yeah, I've moved to Brooklyn in '96, and I am. That is still my permanent residence. Yeah.
0: Well, let's catch up. Okay. First of all, tell the people uh, who you are. What uh, you're a comedian. Yeah, we know that, and a musician. So, where can people find your stuff? What are your websites?
1: Uh, my website is uh, com, and robprox is my Twitter and Instagram handle, trying to maintain uniformity across all platforms. Uh, <laughs> my last name is Paravonian, so that's why everything is Rob P. Rocks. It's easier to say. Yeah, and your YouTube
0: <laughs> channel. Don't forget your YouTube yes, channel. Yes, I do.
1: And um, I think you can find it just via Rob P. Rocks, but sometimes, I think when you put in Rob P. Rocks and you click on my channel, it actually comes up some weird like long chain of numbers and letters like it's some kind of code or something. But I think (laughs) if you put in Rob P. Rocks on YouTube, it'll, it'll get to me.
0: And the, is the Paco Bell rant, Paco Bell the, uh, you know, somebody was playing it. Oh, I was going to show you that. Oh. I worked with a, uh, our, our guest, Cate, who was on uh, one of my ships. He's the rock and roll violinist. Oh, yeah. But he played a version of <laughs> of uh, the Paco Bells Canon and D minor. Oh, sure. The uh, D major. D major, I'm sorry. But,
1: uh, yeah, the violinists love uh, Bell because they get the melodies. I was a cellist, and I hated Bell and I, <laughs> I, I told a little story about it, and... Uh, it went every, viral. Yeah, every other cellist and uh, trombonist and bassoonist in the world agreed with
0: me. So every, uh, every band geek <laughs> passed it around. And how many it, hits does that have? way? it's
1: uh, that particular or views. I yeah, should that say. That, per- that video has over fourteen million. views. Fourteen million views. And folks. then there are also people who took it upon themselves to subtitle it in other languages. I didn't do it myself. Oh, they really? Were, yeah for that plane. Uh, to, okay. Yeah, we're being strafed by... We uh, live by an airport. What, yeah, what can we say? We're being strafed by a, a British Spitfire. you're <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so, uh, so a few people took it upon themselves to subtitle it in various language, English, or not English, uh, Spanish, Portuguese, I think Brazilian Portuguese, German, French, and if you totaled up all those videos, there's another, like one or two million views you wow know. yeah which is really amazing and so i when it was really uh, getting spread around a lot i would get emails and messages from other countries and you know sometimes beautiful english sometimes a little bit uh, broken english but it was it was really cool to see that a comedy bit could yeah. be could cross the culture a little bit
0: has it led to any gigs
1: yeah it led to a f- it led to a few indirectly you know um there was after it went uh got popular I had a good run of colleges. I used to do colleges a lot before. It slowed down for a little bit, maybe in 2005, 2006. And then it really picked up because uh, I, I did a couple of those NACA conventions. And I think one of the reasons I got accepted is because people are like, hey, it's the Pocket Bell guy. Let's have him. <laughs> and it also indirectly indirectly led me to open for Carlin on his final tour. Oh, that's how his people found me. So I did a dozen shows uh, opening for him on his last tour, the It's Bad For You Tour, which ran from fall of 2007 through uh when he died in two (laughs) thousand eight.
0: I remember that because he was warming up uh where we're playing tonight at the company club Yeah, he
1: would do like a full week there. He did a week
0: there and I got to open for him a couple times. Or maybe just one night. But that's the one night that I one photo I really regret never getting. Oh yeah. Like uh the Richard, the guy who uh the manager of the club down there said, Okay, before You know, he's before the show. He's in his zone and he's getting his act together. But he'll, you know, post for a photo afterwards and everything. So I was hosting and then I brought him up. Brought him, you know, I talked to him only briefly. Yeah, and uh, brought him up. He did his thing, and I had to close the show, make the announcements. And on my way out, you know, I started talking to some people and stuff. And I don't know what made me assume <laughs> that he was going to hang around. Yeah. Uh, but by the time I got backstage, he was gone. Yeah. And so I was like...
1: Oh, he oh. might have been gone by before you were finishing your closing announcement. Yeah, he like, might he have.
0: bolted, like, after even the theater shows, because, uh, you know, he was like 70, 71. Down. Yeah. Yeah. But I I really regret that and not... Uh, at least talking to him a little bit, just because yeah. he was so huge in my life, you know, yeah. growing up. but. How was he to work with?
1: Oh, it was great. I I didn't get a photo with him until about my fifth or sixth show. You know, that was, uh, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be very professional. I wanted to, you know, yeah. just do my job. And then nerd was, out. Yeah, it was about the fifth or sixth show. But the very first show I did with him was kind of last minute. I was scheduled to uh, open three uh, different uh, dates for him in November of 2007, but it was around August. I got a call on a Saturday afternoon, or Saturday morning, and it was Carlin's manager. And they're like, uh, we're up in new hampshire tonight and our regular opening act is stuck you know whether he's stuck in chicago at o'hare can you get up to new hampshire and i looked you know it was about a five-hour drive i'm like well i'll get in the car and try so i wow. dro- so i drove up there so it was kind of good because i didn't have time to really get too nervous about it but i remember going up there and my car had no ac at the time oh why would it uh,
0: <laughs> why would you have ac and be comfortable <laughs>
1: right well i did most of my gigs at this during the school year sure and, um, yeah Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I remember taking a change of clothes, and, you know, I got there early so I can get to the green room and, you know, get unsweaty, <laughs> and uh, oh. and so I heard him come in, uh, you know, I met the manager, and then, you know, he was coming in a separate car from the hotel. And uh, you know, I heard the manager say down the hall, "Hey George, I want you to meet our new opening act." I hear him go, "Is that that new Armenian guy you found me, or something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was really funny. He re- reminded me of like my dad's generation and like his friends, and you know, they were just like these gregarious dudes who sort of came up in the came of age in the fifties and had this sort of like Rat Pack backslapping sense yeah. of humor and whatnot. But he's a big music fan too. He loved jazz, so he liked you know, he, we talked to music a little bit. Oh, you cool. know, yeah, it was it
0: was a great experience. Yeah, nice story. Yeah. So, where is the most Remote. I think the last time you were here, we talked a lot about your trips to the Middle East. Yeah. You had just come, you did some USO shows.
1: Yeah, I did Afghanistan. So uh, I did some uh, shows at the main base there, Bagram, and then a few shows in and around Kabul, and then a few smaller bases. So we were near this, uh, I don't know the name of the town, but we were in a problem province called coast or k-h-o-s-d so coast or host or something like that and they were also in a town a place called gardez and a place called orgun there's all like sort of eastern afghanistan and yeah taking we took chinooks to a couple of them and blackhawks to a couple other we were at some of these they call them fobs or forward operations bases or something Mm -hmm. like that it's fob is the acronym and uh, we played some that only had maybe 200 people max at them, and they were, I think it was because the other comic and I weren't big names and whatnot, so those, was just like, yeah, we could send it, but it was cool because the people at the small bases were like, you know, we don't get much entertainment here because we're just such a small base, so it was, it was it was, a great experience, it was cool. Did you get to fire any guns? No, we asked a few times, but yeah. <laughs> that was not, that was, uh, they they'd probably better that they didn't let
0: us do that. Did you hear any guns firing?
1: Yeah, there was one base uh, that was uh, the furthest east that we were at. And you could hear them. the gun, the howitzers or whatever they actually were, were sort of up in the mountains a little bit, not right on the base that we were at. But it was like sort of this weird thumping sound, and you could sort of feel the concussion a little bit. They were far enough away that it didn't wasn't strong, but you'd hear just this little thump, 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 and they're like, oh yeah, there did some fire up into the mountains. So that was uh, that was weird to hear, you know.
0: Did you get? a chance to go into like the towns and see people
1: one time we did and i'm still amazed that they let us do that yeah because uh, we were at this one base it was one of the maybe the seventh or eighth day out of 10 that were 10 or 12 that we were there in afghanistan yeah and uh this this uh the commander of this base was really like man he was selling the whole operation like he was by that i mean he was like promoting and he was like a, a you know talking up the goodness of the operation and he even had a slideshow for us and he was just like a politician like the mayor of a town would you know come to you know here's what we're doing we're doing all these great things and so the other comic asked him is like we you know we've been on base the whole time we've you know all the different bases we haven't been off base is there any way we could see the town there was a town nearby and he had a patrol going out that day and he's like well if you want you can go out with the patrol and it was just um he and I were the two comics and we had one guy assigned to us as our personal security detail and that dude was not thrilled about having to go outside the wire as they call it.
0: <laughs> but just it was just to show around these two goofballs.
1: Yeah, you know, so we went out with uh I don't even know what you call the unit. It was about 12, 16 guys. Is that a platoon? Is that a I'm so not know. military. <laughs> a gaggle? I don't yeah, know. We a a of, uh, yeah, <laughs> we were with a pod of uh were the pod of pod of army guys. And uh so they basically they just go around to very diff- various hills and check out spots to see if there's any activity or any uh, evidence of activity in those areas so we climbed a few hills and then and the way back we stopped in the town because they like to stop in the town and maybe buy some stuff at the bazaar to and you know to show their face and like try to be good neighbors you know so they go and like i think they bought a pallet of uh cans of pepsi you know they bought a bunch of pepsi and a few other things i bought a hat um like a felt hat that like was in the style of the locals and um (laughs) yeah it was interesting and they also had pens and candy to give out like if they saw if kids came up and wanted to say hi to the soldiers um, the little kids like candy so uh, a couple of them they had candy to give out and then I didn't realize this but pens like big pens because they they're in school like it was apparently very precious to have a pen because they were hard to come by or they're just expensive or something but yeah they were very excited to get just a big pen so that was kind of interesting I wouldn't have realized that was something you know that they gave out to like spread some goodwill
0: Yeah, some people handing those out in Cuba, of all places. Yeah, Yeah, they like... And any baseball stuff. Actual baseballs, hats. Oh, really? Yeah, Major League stuff, because they love baseball down there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, But yeah, any school supplies and things like that is always... Cool. ...wanted and needed. So, what did you learn about... Because we're still there. Yeah. I mean, did it... I don't know what kind of progress anybody's made, or, you know, we could maybe... In ten years, go back there and play again. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know what's. What did you see happening? Did you see any kind of progress?
1: Well, yeah, but I was there in two thousand five. So That's, I mean, oh, well. so it, we we had only been there. Has it for, been that long? Yeah, yeah, we we went in right away. So like we had troops there in two thousand one, and a big. What What struck me was that, especially at uh, Bagram, there were uh, there were lots of different countries represented. There were two main uh, groups of, of of military units there. There was. Um, there was the uh, the coalition that was actually doing some fighting against the Taliban doing the fighting against mm-hmm. the Taliban and then it was there was one called ISAF which was like the international international security and assistance force and that was more for protection and you know building roads and like that kind of stuff so that was there were more countries there doing that not all the countries were there um fighting but i think you know it was like Canada US um UK and a few other allies there actually you know fighting the Taliban but then there were all these other countries I saw troops from the Netherlands Korea Pakistan uh all over the world you know and it was really it was interesting and I mean it was it was cool to see that all these countries were there to try to and the ISAF was there to try to promote security and give them a chance to like rebuild their country because after the Taliban they didn't have you know a functioning democracy or anything mm-hmm. so you know I was kinda hopeful when I saw that because you know there if we had i feel like if we had continued to devote that kind the kind of resources to that particular mission of letting you know trying to get them on their feet to do their own thing with all the you know the 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 broad coalition that was over there trying to do it, I feel like it could have been done, but i also i think Iraq dragged that down, you know, but I don't know for sure how all it, how it all played out. But that was, I do remember being struck by how many different countries I saw represented especially at Bagram, the main base. It was like, you know, Bagram was like a bustling, you know, they had so much stuff going on there. It was really fascinating. Yeah. It's incredible. Now
0: we could all still go back. To the yeah, same you know, exact the, war thirteen years later.
1: Yeah, it's still still going it on. It's
0: pretty wild. I was still trying to do it, but I guess there's fewer trips now. Or USA yeah, shows. well,
1: there's so there's a lot fewer troops there now, and there's yeah. a lot fewer personnel just in general over
0: there. Well, off the books, <laughs> on the books anyway, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Um, okay, so let's let's speed it up for the last five years then. Uh, where are some of the places outside the country you've gone to? You started doing cruises. I Welcome did, to the yeah. cruise life, my man. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you, man. I, I jokingly say after 20-some years in comedy, I finally unlocked the cruise level.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, um, yeah, just last summer I did my first one, and that was a, a Caribbean cruise, and it left from Florida and went to St. Martin, and I got off. The the, the line that I work on... Uh, on Has the Variety acts Do half the cruise So like you either Do the first half And then get off in the middle Or do the second half that's nice And then do the
0: That's Disney right Yeah
1: Yeah and so I sometimes I get on In a a, Not a big port Or I'll get off In not a big port I did one that went up To Canada It left from New York So that was really cool I took the subway To a cruise ship Very easy (laughs) Yeah I took I took the Q train And walked over To the Hudson River And got on a cruise ship And we went out Um, we went out down the Hudson under the Verrazano bridge at sunset. It was gorgeous. And then we went up, uh, after a sea day or two sea days, we went to Prince Edward Island. Uh, I think Charlottetown is the name of the town up there. Canada. Uh, Yeah, that was, uh, it was, and it was gorgeous. It was October, but it was warm and sunny. Oh, lucky. Did you have lobster? I had a lobster roll. Yes, there was a, there was a really good lobster roll spot. And, um, and then another port day was in a town called Sydney, Nova Scotia, which is on the northern end of North- Nova Scotia. And it was a shipping, sort of a shipping and industrial town. Um, and again, it was October, it was sunny, fall colors were out, and it was gorgeous. And they had, right right by the downtown, they had all the businesses, you know, because they know the cruise ship is coming in. They have all their, you know, they have a lot of stuff going sure. on. So th- that town was like a big Celtic music town. So they had, oh. it actually, there's a in giant. In Nova Scotia? Yeah, in uh, Sydney, Nova Scotia. It's a big Celtic music uh, Celtic music uh, town they had even when you get off the ship there's a giant uh, fiddle like statue right right off the ship so at one of the one of the pubs I went to um, you know for lunch had Celtic music playing and you know it's, it's so Canada I was just walking around and everyone else on the ship it, it's Disney so they're all families with kids and they're doing their day trips and their port adventures as they're called <laughs> and um, I'm just walking about around by myself and I'm walking through a neighborhood just looking around and a guy actually pulled over Regular civilian just pulled over and says, Hey, are you from the ship? You looking for something interesting? There's a park over here. And if you go over there, like unsolicited, just gave me like tourist advice. Free stuff to do. Yeah, you know, and you know, just so very Canadian. Yeah, it's so nice. But it was an interesting town because you could tell it was, it had a really solid industrial past and they were trying to get over that. And I I grew up in Waukegan, Illinois, which is the same kind of thing, a very uh, heavy industry by Lake, right on Lake Michigan and trying to figure out ways to get away from that or like, well, they're already away from it because the industries have closed, but try to figure out what the next phase is, you know? So I'm, I'm always fascinated when I see towns like that. I'm surprised it's, the the ship stopped there. It's, I don't know how new their cruise port is, but I think it's a newish development to spur tourism to that city. And also there was that, I think that was the town where it had a big... um merchant marine memorial and during world war ii it was a place where a lot of material and stuff was shipped to uh europe uh for for world war ii oh, and right. so and a lot of those ships got lost so there was a whole uh merchant marine which was it was interesting because i didn't know that you know and uh it was it was interesting to learn about it but it was also a little bit weird to get off like a pleasure ship and one of the first things you see is a monument to people who died at sea you know <laughs> it's like well this is a different vibe than what uh <laughs> I'm sure everyone was hoping for on their vacation. But it was really interesting. They talked about how much stuff went through there from because I think Canada was shipping stuff over there long before the U.S. was during right. World War II. But yeah, it was it was a really interesting town, a place I'd never heard of before. I mean, I knew of Nova Scotia, but I hadn't heard of this particular town.
0: So walk me through a Disney cruise. So I, I know what my ships yeah. I've done are like. So I got to, you know, of course there's kids everywhere. Yeah. Are there like for someone who's thinking of maybe taking their family on one of these things uh and worried if there's not enough adult stuff for the to do is there stuff for adults to do
1: yeah, there's a few sections of the ship that are, you know, 18 and over only. Um, and I spent most of my time yeah. <laughs> in them. But yeah, there's, there's one side of the, the upper deck, the outside. There's a pool and a bar that's just 18 and over. They call it Quiet Cove. And also a cafe, like for lattes and um, cappuccinos and stuff. At night, there's, there's one section of the ship um, where I think after 6 or after 8 p.m., it's 18 and over only. So there's a nightclub. There's a, a, um, an English pub. I think it's English pub on one of the ships and Irish pub on the other ship, a nightclub and um, a piano lounge. I love the piano lounge. It was like, because they would have yeah. piano players doing, you know, tonight it's Broadway hits, next it's standards and whatnot. But it, that was like one of the mellowest, quietest. So after my show, I would always go to the piano lounge, have a little bourbon and just chill. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was stuff for the parents to do. And there also, there's, you know, there's these different areas for, they have so many, It I was it's like sort of summer camp because they have all these... Uh, all the staff there doing activities for kids, there's there's a couple of different places called the Oce- there's Oceaneers Club, Oceaneers Lab, where I think it's up to 10 and under go to those, and they have you know these directors and staff members there doing games and activities with the kids, and then they have the tween 11 to 13 area, they have the 14 to 17 area, and then they have the 18 to 21 area. Because all those different age groups are into different things, you know. Like fourteen to seventeen is maybe video games, but also they're more interested in socializing with other people, so they do more events. I thought I saw, I saw some kids like they had you know done things like doing a flash mob on one of the decks or whatever. You know, it, I th- it, it it seemed that they had all it dialed in pretty much for all the different no, it's age Disney. groups. They yeah. know. and the you know the parents, and because it's Disney, I think the parents look like they've. They seem to feel confident leaving their kids doing these things, you know.
0: Well, parents tell me that's one of the things they like about cruises is that they just kind of like they don't worry about the kids, you know. They can always they'll get fed. They'll get, you don't have to reach into your wallet and take out money for food all the time.
1: Yeah, and there's like the RFID bracelets, so yeah, you like, and you're checked go? into ship. St- yeah, yeah, and you get checked into stuff, and you have the the wave phones, and they have this cool. uh, like instant messaging app that you can get and it's you know works on the ship's Wi-Fi so you could send instant messages you know if your kid has I mean I'm like kids around 12 13 have their own smartphones usually so
0: right is it at what point is it like totally branded for Disney like is each floor instead of the promenade deck it's the dopey deck and then the dock (laughs) deck and then
1: it's not, well, stu- stuff isn't named like that, right. but you're, you're never, yeah, the, the artwork the, is all Disney. The, the you it's know. a Mary
0: Poppins English pub or something. <laughs>
1: no, the, well, yeah, the names of the venues are, are not quite, it's not quite bad, that okay. bad. It's <laughs> like there's the Buena Vista Theater is like sure. the movie theater, and the Walt Disney Theater is like the main live theater, and the pubs are like the Crown and Finn and the Cadillac Lounge and stuff. And there's really, there's great artwork, you know, there's cells like, you know, cells from classic animated films mm-hmm. and all this really good artwork. Um yeah it's not quite so bad um or it's not quite so disney character charactery yeah it's not it it's it feels way more class it feels classier than like a theme park you know it's, yeah. it's the ships are nice i mean they're they're clean and they're built well like the uh i think one of the ships i was on had dry docked recently where they just redid the whole thing like re- and it's you know the the rooms are nice you know every the cabinets like even like uh, who is it? One of the other entertainers I was working with said her husband is a carpenter and just was fascinated with the fit and finish of the cabinetry. You know, he's <laughs> like, "This is really well done." You oh, know? Uh, that's good. So, yeah, it, it's dialed in. They, uh, they. I mean, and I think, I think it's you know, it's a little bit more expensive than other cruise lines, from what I hear. But it's, I, it looks like it's it's worth it. You know, because yeah, the, the ship is really clean. The food was good. Like I, re- like I ate in the regular guest areas.
0: You know, and the food was very good. Do they have, do they, uh, itchy and scratchy style? They cram fun down your throat? (laughs) They don't, they don't. We're going to have a show. It's like, we're trying to eat.
1: Nope. We're going to have a show. No. I mean, there's so much stuff going on, but you can avoid it or you don't, you know, it's all, yeah, yeah, you can get away from it if you want to.
0: Are there people in the costumes walking around characters? Yeah, they do.
1: Yeah. They have character appearances and there's a schedule of who's going to appear where and uh, it's fun. I and for me, it's cool just because, you know, sometimes you're walking down the hall and like all of a sudden Goofy comes out of an elevator with his handler, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, the only character I got a picture with, and it was because it was during a port, is was during the time when people were at port, so it wasn't as crowded, but it's um, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. It's oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really popular one. And if it's a, if they're not in port, man, there's a line, you know, all down the hallways for, and so everybody was in port and the line was really short. And plus, you know, I'm kind of you know, I don't want to take time away from them taking pictures with kids. so I'm not going to, you know, wait in line and, you know, right. bump somebody. But, like, it was a short line, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a picture with Stitch. <laughs> and so that was super exciting. But the, the weird thing is, you know, you know, it's, you know, someone who works on the ship is in the costume, so they're probably going to see me elsewhere on the ship. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's the idiot who wanted to take a picture with me, and I have no idea who that is.
0: <laughs> what? Of, well, what about the performance part of it? I know how clean I have to be on the yeah. other lines, and I got to imagine Disney's even probably the cleanest yeah. of all them. And so you have to do a ki- a separate kids show and you have an well, adult show. A
1: family show and an adult show. Yeah, they both have to be really clean. The adult show, you can, um, yeah, I I don't know. They're both got to be TV friendly, but that's not even, I don't even think you could say that anymore no, because no. TV is so. I, the
0: stuff, they pulled me aside for stuff I could say on the tonight yeah. show. Yeah.
1: I would say, yeah, it, you got to be G-rated. With the parents, you can allude to things. Yeah. You, know, you, You can't come out and say things, but you can, you know. Do do a reference that you know, a veiled reference to something. But you know, my act is pretty clean normally. But it for me, the family show, the challenge was just trying to come up and choose the material that the kids will find interesting, but also the parents won't think, "Oh my gosh, I'm at a Wiggles show." Yeah, I know.
0: But what do you do when there's there four year olds? Yeah, there's four year old stuff. Works. There's twelve
1: year olds, and there's you know fifteen year olds, and there's grandparents. You know, these are that's like, the hard part. My what actually the what I shot for like. I started to think about it, like, because when I was 10, I loved Steve Martin. And so, like, I, I tried to think of it that way. He wasn't a kid's performer, but he was, he like... Was silly. Yeah, he was silly and clever and fun and, you know, so I, that's what I tried to use as my sort of uh, guiding star. It's like, if it's something I could... And, you know, since that's what I love, you know, I feel like I didn't have to totally change my, my act around to try to... Um,
0: well, you do music. What, yeah. what kind of stuff do they respond to?
1: Uh, well, I try to do as much audience participation as possible, like call and response mm. or um, sing along type stuff, and uh, and I also do some bits about pop music, you know, like what's pop, popular pop songs. And I don't do straight up parodies usually, but I do like I'll do a verse, maybe a a verse parody, and or I'll do material. I do a lot of material about sort of analyzing the lyrics of a pop song, and so yeah. if it's a pop song that both the parents and the kids know, that's a fun one that everyone sort of can respond to, which is fun to see.
0: So no Disney songs no yeah uh, i do i did frozen
1: anything i I do i put i i i put uh frozen in the bell rant at the very end of it yeah let or let it go yeah the song let Let it It go Go, sure yeah and i do a quick bit about uh lion king any lion king stuff uh no i did i referenced moana though the that song you're welcome that the rock sings oh moana's great you gotta watch it it. um but yeah he has this great song uh the rock plays this demigod named maui and uh and he, it's this very sort of brag braggadocious song about and it's just called what can i say except you're welcome for the sun the moon and the wind you know and and so um i do a bit on that and then um i have a song i wrote my own song about the evil laugh that a villain does in like every you know a lot mm-hmm. of disney movies and it's so it's um i reference other villains you know so i'm I mean, i'm trying to work in more disney stuff because um yeah they're they're into that
0: how much of uh star wars stuff is on there now? I mean, now that they own Star Wars.
1: um, There's a fair amount. Um, I haven't... I'm trying to remember if I've seen character appearances of Star Wars because they also have Marvel and they definitely have Marvel like superhero appearances. I've seen Captain America and Black Widow and one of the ships I did, I think... I think it was the magic. It's definitely the one that I went up to Canada with. They had a Marvel Day at Sea, where they had a whole Marvel deck show, and you know it's that night up on the top deck where the pool is, and they had what like stunts and wire work, and they had a guy playing Iron Ma- or Tony Stark in the Iron Man yeah. suit. They had a Groot. They had uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. They had a guy playing Red Skull. They had it was. It was fun. It was, you know, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of like a theme park show, but it was really well done. It was really fun. And I'm, I'm one of, a lot of the ships, they do like a pirate show on the deck, and that's, it seems more like kid oriented, but it's pirates, and they're, you know, you're on a ship, yeah. you got to do it.
0: Kids love pirates. But the
1: Marvel Day at Sea was really cool. Um, and I see, they show, there's one of the movie theater shows, you know, Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars movies. So that's where I catch up on all my uh, blockbusters. I saw Solo, I saw Avengers 2, Infinity War, I've seen all the Pixar stuff. Um. Yeah. They and the, there's just yeah. There's character appearances all day long. There's activities everywhere. You know. There's there's bingo. There's trivia. There's and you know it's it's the kind of thing you can do as much as you want or you could just you know sit up at the adult pool and yeah <laughs>
0: and chill. Do you know how much like if we were gonna give people a range of like what it would be to bring a family like how much is a cabin you know for a week
1: i honestly have no idea i didn't even look you know yes, it's, people can look this up
0: yeah i <laughs> <laughs> you guys know the internet you know how it works yeah
1: and you know because there's so many different there's the outside cabin there's the inside cabin yeah, there's yeah. This, the sizes and whatnot and they have they have a thing called vacation club where you know you do a vacation every year. and they have a lot of different property i don't know like they've got a lot of different ways to do it i guess they must sell so much merch it's, they have some fun merch. I got a little wind up Groot that's about this, like about four <laughs> inches tall. That is one of my favorite souvenirs. It, it just winds up, and it's a little baby dancing Groot. It's the well, best, best to, seven bucks I spent. I know. Well,
0: we don't have <laughs> kids, but going to Disneyland, I can't imagine. I, mean, I think tickets. Well, I know tickets are over a hundred dollars just for a day pass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't.
1: And, I haven't been to any kind of theme park, even like a Six Flags, in in a decade. Oh, I think. you take
0: a family of four or five, and you're out. Over a thousand dollars, easy. Yeah, for the day between after the eating and the, you know, uh, and people go for like multiple days. It's, it's yeah, it might. and then you got to do the hotel and everything else.
1: That yeah, might be cheaper to go on a cruise.
0: You, you know, it is. I mean, I, <laughs> I it joke. actually kind of is. But the food is a is a big deal. You
1: know? Yeah. I joke because, you know, movies in New York are so expensive, they're like 18 bucks a pop. I joke that, like, the cruise is cheaper because you just see the movies for free, you right? Know, it
0: pays for itself. <laughs> well, let's talk about New York then. Yeah. How How's our old Brooklyn doing? It's always in the news that it's uh, completely gentrified, and yeah. our old neighborhood in Park Slope, we don't even recognize it anymore.
1: Yeah, it's the, the stuff that opened and gentrified me out of there is all, has been gentrified out by now, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was 20 years ago, that neighborhood. I've been in the same neighborhood now for 19 years because I got to rent stabilized apartments, so so i can't afford to move <laughs> yeah. but so it's the first time i've i've had you know i have a long time to see the neighborhood and um yeah it's it's almost uh it's almost a subject like when people in the neighborhood bring it up because they always say it's like oh i've been here 6 years it's just so crazy the changes in 6 years and i'm like i've been here 19 years i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah. <laughs> and it's funny like there's so t- sometimes i'll troll people like especially if it's someone i don't know at a bar and they're like so oh you've been here a long time you must have seen a lot of changes what do you mean I, what are you what are you talking about yeah. i there's always been five yoga studios on this block yeah <laughs>
0: <There's> <laughs> artisanal cheese shop and
1: but yeah, yeah. there are, there are a lot of kids in the neighborhood now too it's It's become for some reason you know- it, you know, well people just don't if they have kids, they don't necessarily move out to the suburbs like they used to. they all move to my neighborhood yeah,
0: I mean are the schools they must be decent then
1: I think so. I have some friends that have uh kids in the in different uh public schools in New York and um, you know, they have this system in uh, for high schools that you take, like, an entrance exam and you could choose your high school. So, um, I don't know how the kids like it. It's really interesting and it's got to be extra pressure for that, you know, it's like taking your SATs, but at 13, you know, right. to get into high school. I don't, I don't know if I would have liked that, but it, it is, you know, because there's the performing arts school, there's a science, there's schools that do science more, there's schools that do tech stuff more. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's, there's definitely issues, you know, and like anywhere like some neighborhoods are underserved and some neighborhoods uh get more money you know so yeah. but i do have kids that do it and uh it helps when the parents are you know have time to be active if they you know so when you have
0: when you have people visiting you in new york from the midwest or from your uh your family in texas and everything else so when anybody comes to visit you what and say we got 3 days what should we see uh-huh. Give the people what your tourism route is, I mean, everybody sends everybody to Manhattan, yeah, for sure, but
1: I would for me i I don't like crowds, and it also depends on what time of year you're there, but I would say avoid Times Square if you can at all, like um. I like Governor's Island. If you're there in the summer, it's only been open since like I think the late '90s. It was a it was a Coast Guard island, and it's uh, got a lot of cool old buildings on it. And they have ferries that go there now. And they have you could rent a bike and just bike around Governor's Island. It's only a few acres, but you get amazing views of Manhattan from Governor's Island. Where it, is it? Is that where the... it's in between uh, the financial district and in Brooklyn? So it's by the Statue of Liberty. It's yeah, it is east of the Statue of Liberty and a much bigger island than the Statue of Liberty's on. Yeah, Statue okay. of Liberty and the Statue of Liberty I find boring, but the same ferry goes to Ellis Island. So if you're gonna do that ferry, I would say go to Ellis Island. It, to me, it's far more interesting. The Statue of Liberty is cool to look at, but if you want to go inside of it, it's like a four hour wait. Yeah. And it's then it's just you're inside this big hot metal thing. It's more fun to look at the Statue of Liberty when you're on the Staten Island Ferry which is free by yeah, the way. Yeah, I've, I've told people that too. Yeah. So, uh, but Ellis Island is really interesting. Um there's this great new park called the High Line, relatively new park called the oh, High. Oh, I've been on that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's an old elevated rail uh rail line and it goes to the meatpacking district. So when they used to pack meat in the meatpacking district, it it would rail out through these this elevated uh oh, rail line. Oh, they pack meat in <laughs> the, Folks. The meat pack. Hello.
0: Uh, that's <laughs> where it, the the Standard Hotel goes right over yeah, the, the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, that's a nice sort of day trip to walk, and I think it goes about 10 or 12 blocks now. Um, I like that. It can be crowded in on the summer weekends, though. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, so I, I love Prospect Park. It's a big park, and it's designed by the same people that designed uh, Central Park, but it's not quite as crowded. And there's the Prospect Park Zoo. There's a carousel in Prospect Park. There's also a new uh, roller skating, ice skating center called the Lafrak Center. And uh, you see, like... It's it's so cool. I, I live right by it, so I walk through it all the time. And just Monday, the day before I flew out here to California, I saw a really big hawk fly across Flatbush Avenue up into oh, a tree really? in in Prospect Park. Yeah, you, there's actual wildlife. You see chipmunks. You see all kinds of different cool birds.
0: It's oh, those are rats. Those are yeah. Chip-
1: <laughs> no, they're. I know what a chipmunk looks like. I was a Boy Scout. I camped in Wisconsin. Uh, Dammit! I, I know. I know.
0: <laughs> so I mean, you had said about. Um, the Upper East Side, because we had heard a woman talking in a store today, how that like that, that Upper East Side, which is famously the rich side of town, yeah, is now not as expensive as people think because. All the other places are cooler. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's all the young people who don't want to live there.
1: Right. Yeah, especially if you're around, around York Avenue as far east as you can get. It's it's uh, more affordable than some parts of Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah.
0: And there's a new subway there.
1: Yeah. The subway goes down 2nd Avenue. So it's still a bit of a walk to something like York. But yeah, the subway now, go, the Q train now goes uh, under 2nd Avenue up to 96th Street. So I'm sure for people who live up there, it helps a lot. A buddy of mine has lived, I think, off of second avenue and he he has two kids and they on the first day it opened they went to like the new station because it is kind of cool you think the subway's been there a hundred years and you get to like see a a, a, you know you get to be in a station the first day it's open that's something you could (laughs) say for the next 50 years you know like i
0: was there when it opened (laughs) so as a new yorker and you are a new yorker now yeah so after 20 years (laughs) that would make me an angelino now which is weird to think yeah but what do you see tourists do all the time in New York that drives you insane.
1: Oh man, that is. Um, I don't. I. I, I,
0: I, mean, the, I always tell people just don't walk four across on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Uh, move to you know. Stay move to the, the side. Stay yeah, to, stay the, to the, the right the building.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and well, treat pedestrian traffic. Use like you the same, drive, com- yeah. yeah. Use the same common sense in pedestrian traffic because that is how we get around. So if you want to stop and look at your phone, don't just stop. Actually, look behind you or take a step to the side. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't really signal your turns, but you know at least yeah, yeah be aware. Like imagine you're biking in two way traffic. You wouldn't just stop and you know type on your phone. Um, so that that's a big one. But you know th- in the last few years they've closed down some part, like in in Times Square, some chunks of Broadway, and they've made like pedestrian malls in some parts. So that. That helps a little bit because if people do want to sort of sit sit or you know stand around and take pictures, you know times I understand times where time you want to take it, pictures sure. of stuff. So now there's areas to do that. Um, yeah, it's I and I avoid the tourist areas as much as I can. So like I, I understand you, Broadway shows. You gotta you know if that's why you're in New York, you gotta go see those. Um, <laughs> I always try to think if I'm walking someplace, okay that these shows are gonna let out. Let me go all the way around. Um, so you, I mean. Like I said, I really don't like crowds, so you can't do much about that because it's New York and it's crowded. And um,
0: I was telling people also don't like clog up the uh, like stand at the bottom of an escalator for one. Oh yeah, like oh oh, or I got it, a turnstile. Just get through it. Come yeah. on, just.
1: if you the big one is if you're gonna if you do take the subways and you should because the subways are safe, especially during the day, and they get you around faster than than cabs or anything on the surface
0: for less money.
1: Yes. And cleaner, or uh, <laughs> more environmental, I guess I should say, cleaner is well, they're not bad, it, but. Stand to the side, let the people off the train before you get on the train. That's a big one because it's always at Penn Station that people don't do it. And I think Penn Station is the subway station where you can train change to like the trains that leave cities. So, the Long Island Railroad, yeah. So you have people that don't live in New York, Amtrak, yeah. The Amtrak and uh, various uh, commuter rails out to the suburbs and stuff. So if you're going to get on a subway, the subway pulls up to the station, don't stand right in front of the door, stand to the side. Because there's going to be a whole car full of people that are trying to get out. And if you're standing right in front of the door, you're just going to stare at each other for a minute. And then if the person trying to get off the train is a real New Yorker, they're just going to step and they're going to they're going to bump into you. They'll, I don't know. For me, it's like I give you like a two count. And if you don't step to the <laughs> side to let me off the train, then I got to push through. Because you can't get on the train if there are people on it that are trying to get off. You know, it just yeah. doesn't work. So um I guess that would be my big thing. I would encourage people to take... The subway and public transportation, but let people off the train before you <laughs> before you get on the train.
0: What is your secret for getting in and out of JFK Airport?
1: Um, depends on the amount of time I have. I, I there's a car service, a local car service that is very reliable and cheap. Uh, it's a thirty five dollar fare from my neighborhood to JFK, and I you know for for getting to the airport, I don't like to do the ride uh, hailing services like Lyft and Uber because. I want to know how much it's going to cost, and you know, sometimes there's surge pricing, sometimes there's not, you know. And this, the it's a local, the company I use, it's just like a local car service company. They're not high end, you know. The cars sometimes are a little bit beat up, but if I call the day before, make an appointment, they're always on time. And like I said, if you pay cash, it's thirty-five bucks. What's their name? Uh, Evelyn Car Service. So, Evelyn. But, but the car services are very local, like are these Russians. Um, no, uh, I live most. The neighborhood I'm in was mostly a Caribbean neighborhood. It still is. So the, yeah. a lot of people are like Haitian and Jamaican and from from various uh, Caribbean islands. Okay.
0: I remember those guys, but the, at least when I was there 20 years ago, is the, those guys were the cab drivers. Yeah. And the car service people were Russians. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, uh, it seemed like it was all the time. Yeah. The it town depends. car. I, the, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same. Th- it's uh, also, yeah, like African. I met a guy from Ivory Coast. Uh, I met oh, wow. dudes right. from Haiti, uh, Jamaica.
0: So it's thirty five bucks flat. Yeah, and you tip them on top of that.
1: Yeah, I usually because I I I think thirty five is pretty cheap for getting to the airport. I usually depending on the drive, I usually tip seven or eight bucks, and if they're really cool and good, I'll I'll tip them ten just because I I like this company and I want them to I want to have a good rep with the company so they send me so they always like, are right. there on time and everything. But getting back, if I have time and I'm not carrying too much stuff, JFK they have this thing called the AirTrain, which is like a five dollar train tram shuttle that takes you to either the a train or the j and the z train if you're going all the way in the manhattan though there's no real way to do it fast the fastest way is probably to take the a train
0: to that takes uh, a while still though.
1: it does yeah it'll it'll take an hour and 10 i think you know and if it's late at night but like when i came back i was visiting my mom in texas and i got back my flight was delayed because of uh, thunderstorms and i got in at like 10 o'clock at night And I just kind of enjoyed sitting on the platform at Howard Beach is the, is the A train platform where you get off the tram and it's kind of out, it's a quiet part of uh, Queens and there's, you hear crickets and a little breeze. (laughs) And it was because my flight, it was one of those cancellations where we boarded the plane, we went out on the tarmac, we waited for an hour, then we went back into the terminal and they're like, now your flight's canceled. (laughs) And so I they put me on a flight the next day, but then I s- flew standby. I was supposed to go to LaGuardia. I flew standby to JFK, and um, so I was just happy to get on any plane. But I was in a middle seat between two stout women, and the stout woman on my left had a child that is as is as big as you can be and still be considered a lap baby. You know, this kid. <laughs> this, kid was, this kid was like nineteen months, like pushing the limit of being allowed to sit. And so you know, his feet are flopping, and I'm in the middle, and I'm just <laughs> well, like, I the just worst. yeah, I'm just, I'm just I just want to get home tonight. I don't want to sleep in the airport. And so, waiting for the A train and sitting on the A train, it was like to me it was the most relaxing part of the train because <laughs> I knew I was home. And even though the A train in that part of the city is not nice, you know, it's right. it's it's uh, you know, I think by the time I got on the train, it was like eleven thirty at night. But
0: do you have one Seinfeldian uh, story of trying to get to the airport and missing a flight or getting trapped?
1: Oh, I had one where it was I. There was a really bad snowstorm the day before. And so the streets were really super crowded with snow and the, the car service didn't come because I called them that morning. I made a mistake and I didn't make an appointment the night before. And so they weren't coming. And But I was able to flag down a yellow cab, which was a miracle in my neighborhood because I'm out in Brooklyn and there's not always yellow cabs, especially at like 6 in the morning. <laughs> and this guy did not want to go back to the air. I don't think he – I don't even know if it – came from the airport, but he did not want to go to the airport and i, th- I don 't know where he was from, but it was from a place that does not have this kind of snow yeah. and, <laughs> and he was going about fifteen miles and, oh, miles an no. hour the whole way, even when we got to the highway, which had been cleared by that point and he 's still going slow and i was, and i had I was going to a convention where I had to perform, so i had to, my guitar is in a flight case, and I check it because with carry on bags these days there 's just no way to carry on a guitar anymore. I, always, I have a good flight case and I check it, but you have to get there 45 minutes before uh. the flight or else your your check luggage doesn't make it. So that's that was the cutoff I was trying to make. And yeah, he finally, you know, he, he was so nervous. And I felt bad for him. He was so nervous. And like, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't want to say go faster because it's like, it's the snow. And if he's not good at it, yeah. I don't want, you know, but growing up where we grew up, I grew up in Northern Illinois, right next to Wisconsin. You know, I'm used to driving through the, <laughs> through the snow and not that I'm reckless about it, but I, I feel like I it doesn't scare me the way it would scare me if I'd never done it before.
0: Not a lot of snow in uh, Iran.
1: Yeah, I think this guy. Oh, I can't even remember where he's from, but it was definitely he was not <laughs> Pakistan. Yeah, he may, might. Where was it? But it might. Yeah, might have been a Caribbean or African uh, country again. Uh, yeah,
0: definitely no snow. Yeah, but that yeah, that's so aggravating when you're just trapped and you you know you can get there and just. And then I've told guys to step on it before, and then they do, and then and then you regret, then, yeah. <laughs> then you regret, you, then you fear for your life.
1: Yeah, they're like, you have just given me license to murder every <laughs> yeah. pedestrian I come across. One time, coming back from a show in just Queens, Queens of Brooklyn, it was a, it's also a long trip. I was coming back from a show, and a buddy of mine who lived in my neighborhood came to my show, and so I'm like, "Ah, jump in the cab with me. I'm I'm heading back." Uh, the cab driver pulled over on a side street. He's like, "Yeah, just a second, He goes back, pops the trunk. And I'm like, "Oh no, something wrong with and." I'd sneak a peek back, and then I had to turn away real quick. He's peeing into a bottle. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. And the other guy didn't know. I didn't know. It was like, do I tell him? Like, we both don't, we both don't need to be grossed out right so now. New York.
0: <laughs> yeah. How and is...
1: The, oh, go ahead. But then when we got off the, out of the car, I was like, did you catch what... He's like, yeah. Hey, a little bathroom break in this trunk. Because at first, I thought, he's not peeing right into his trunk. And then I'm like, no, he's the bottle. Oh, boy. Good times.
0: How has um, Uber and Lyft really changed... Like going out in LA, of course, because everybody's got to drive and park, and then yeah. you know it's changed and it's helped bars and and stuff. You know, taking the driving element out of it is, is huge here. Yeah, and getting cabs before was impossible. Yeah. you'd have to call them up and wait. Oh, and out them, here, yeah, out here. Um, but I can't see Uber and Lyft changing much in the way of New York. I mean, was there? There must have been heavy blowback from the taxis.
1: Yeah, there was, and but it has changed. Uh, a lot of people take them, and. In New York, you have to have a TLC license, um, not the band, but Taxi and Limousine Commission license. Oh, can't chase waterfalls? <laughs> right, yeah. Ha- they don't want no scrubs. <laughs> um, so you have to have a TLC uh, license and you have to have a car that's a TLC car. Really? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you, they don't want, they got to do like a background check. They don't want unlicensed, you know, yeah. you're, you're a cab driver, basically. So they don't want unlicensed cab drivers on the street. And they, I think they set a limit for the amount of, uh, licenses yeah, yeah ubers and lifts and whatnot but it has changed because especially in some of the neighborhoods you know in brooklyn queens um some of the outer boroughs you know it was hard it's, it's you hard to find. walk yellow outside
0: cat. and put your hand up yeah you either had
1: weren't... to phone a, a, a local car service and if you're in a neighborhood that you don't live in you don't know the necessarily the local car service. each bar usually had a list of their preferred you know car right. services but so it, it's made it a lot easier to find you know to get a car um, and it's you know easier to pay because it's all through the app. Um, but there they did have they had a big um, they did a big ad campaign. Uh, it was like a political the total scare ads with the black and white uh, and it it was the first. And I still have I've never actually taken an Uber. I've only taken Lyft because really? early on I they just rubbed me the wrong way. And I I I think I I could sense the a hole culture of that company just through the ads <laughs> that they ran. Because first of all, I'm a freelancer too, and. They were, you know, their whole thing is like all of our, all of our workers are contractors, where with no benefits, no anything, and so then they were running these ads in New York saying like, Big Taxi doesn't want Uber, and we're bringing ten thousand jobs to New York City. It's like, no, you're not. You don't have any employees. How do you bring ten thousand yeah. jobs if you don't have any employees? And they, but they're they're they were so over the top with their scare tactics on these in on these uh, ads. And the other side of it was is like, I don't want just anybody jumping in a car and saying they're. A driver, there's enough. There's enough crazy people in New York as it is. I'm not. I want to be able to have some recourse if my yeah. driver turns out to be insane.
0: Well, as my friend who drives for them says, Uber doesn't care if you one guy gets ten thousand rides or ten thousand guys get one ride. Yeah. To them, it's all the same. So the problem is, the more people that do it, the less money you're making. Yeah, and there's too many guys doing it. They'll just keep taking new drivers and new drivers and new drivers all the time. So maybe. New York limiting them is a good thing.
1: Yeah, and they can change and they can change their fares anytime they want. You know, whereas yeah. <laughs> the taxi fares are, are are regulated and so and imagine driving for them and all you're you know you make a certain amount of money every week and then all of a sudden they they get into a price war or something like all right now fares are half price and you're a driver and like I can't afford gas now like it's yeah I don't know. there's a lot of things I don't like about the model but it it it's interesting to see it's different from city to city because i was up in seattle and it you know that's how i got around and it was great and it seemed like the people driving just dug it because they would just do it for a few hours oh mexico
0: city it changed is a game changer oh yeah oh yeah that's all i took and it was great how many other
1: countries have you taken the uh, like are these types of apps in now uber or uber or lyft or a similar Uh, service?
0: i've taken them in london I know the uh, the cab drivers rioted in Paris about it. Yeah, they like and, to write and, about everything. And for yeah, and also the black uh, the drivers of the black cabs in London, which is a full time trained yeah. position. You, I mean, those guys have to take serious tests. Right. you have to know every street in London, and every, so those are real jobs. You know, yeah. so the, the, rightfully so, they're worried about their livelihood. Well, especially you know? if
1: they had to put that much investment into getting that yeah. job.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was training, and then you, you got to get the license and everything else. So I understand, but uh, it was funny, because the, the last year, I think, I was in London, I took we took a lift one day, and then two days later, they had banned Lyft. Oh, wow. And then two days after that, I think it came back. It was the, the weirdest thing. Oh, man. So it's changing everything. That and Airbnb are really changing. Yeah. Has Airbnb invaded your neighborhood in Brooklyn?
1: Yeah, that's another issue, because... Um you know, they don't want apartment building owners to just Airbnb, Airbnb. it instead of offering long-term leases. So it's... Right. You don't have a hotel
0: license. Yeah. And that's and, what the hotels are really... I know New York right. hotels really came down on. But also
1: just there's... Affordable housing is such a big problem in New York that uh, taking those units off the market is driving the price up for it's all the other units. It's happening here too. Yeah. So yeah, that's... But I have a friend who owns his house. He owns a row house in bed and they have an apartment in the ground floor and because they own it, because if you're a leaseholder, you're not supposed to but if they own the building so they airbnb it and i see it from their point they're able to you know it helps them pay their mortgage but it's you know it's another apartment that's not on the on the market you know so and with all the every all the new construction in new york not it there's so much it's so much geared to upper middle class and people making a lot of money it's you know it's yeah affordable housing is a very is a big mm-hmm. challenge so they got to they got to work that into any solution they come up with for airbnb but it you know
0: well, give me your New York recommendations. So, for people who are going there, we'll start. You can give us three names of say they want to go see a comedy show when they come in. What are your What are some good comedy shows you can plug? Well, my show. Other than yeah, other than your own.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I do. A, I do a monthly show in Astoria, Queens. Um, okay, you can a plug lot, that. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good weekly shows at various like smaller venues. Um, if you want to see like the quintessential new york comedy club experience you got to go to the village and a place like the comedy cellar cellar. yeah you know because it's it's like a basement club it's tiny and the big names always stop in so you could be there they might not be on the bill but chris rock might drop in and do a set so that's that's exciting to see that if you want to see and then there's like gotham comedy club is a beautiful club um but you know it depends on if you see the head like who's working there that night it's like you know, if it's a headliner that you might be interested in or whatever, like whereas a comedy seller, they just have comics all night and you're guaranteed to see... You know, You'll know, you recognize
0: f- somebody if you know comedy. Yeah, it's
1: so like the the bigger clubs like um, Caroline's and Gotham have headliners and it's it's um, it's more planned what's going to happen at one of those, but they also have nights where they do have people drop into. But Gotham Comedy Club on 23rd, I think, is my favorite as far as just the experience. It's a nice club. It's... the. In, the service is good and whatnot the comedy cellar really is like a packed jazz club and you're going to be jammed up in a table but that's a cool experience too like it's a very new york experience i'd recommend that um yeah the uh music experience um i'm trying to think of like a good music club uh
0: I don't know. I mean, there's the old classics, yeah, you know, like the bottom line and all that.
1: Yeah, there's a place called Arlene's Grocery that I like. Um, it depend, you know, they have different bands every night, and some they do one comedy night there, and that's down on the Lower East Side, which um, also like just went from went from punk rock to you know yeah. hot yoga <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> in like right. ten years. But yeah, a place like Arlene's Grocery is cool, um, and I just you know when I go to a new city, I just like to hit different neighborhoods, so. I would encourage people to explore things. Uh, the financial district is a little bit interesting. There's this place called Stone Street. Uh it's like these old buildings right kind of buried in all the high rises downtown. And it's not far from the building that they use for the Continental Hotel in the John Wick series that really cool. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what hotel is that? It's not a hotel it's a it's a building called the Coco Exchange. Uh on the big on the, the iconic front uh that really sort of tight angle front door is. That's actually a sushi restaurant right now, and there's a steak restaurant around the corner. But it's um it's an office building, or it might be uh, condos now, but it's a building called the Coco Exchange. It's right off of Wall Street, but it's so cool looking, and it's kind of like just buried in there. And every time I turn the corner, I used to freelance uh, in that neighborhood, and every time I would turn the corner and see, it, it's like, oh man, it's the Continental Hotel.
0: <laughs> what about um your give me a couple neighborhoods that are great to hang out in that you know we all heard about williamsburg we all know about yeah. you know so what are some other neighborhoods that maybe people don't know
1: um well Astoria is i know i know more about Astoria. I'm just gotta go there a lot. Queens. yeah it's easier to get to from midtown than it is from brooklyn um there's a there's a place called the is it the bohemian beer hall it's like this big beer garden in the backyard um and that's a fun place that's in astoria um i like uh, sort of south slope uh, off of 5th Avenue there's a nice stretch of a few bars um, and they do music on the side I Was that's south slope I like Coney Island if it's summer like go down to Coney Island yeah, and I kick still have, around you know I
0: never went what? the whole time I was there oh
1: they have. A, yeah if you're there in the summer especially from June July August there's a minor league baseball team that plays in Coney Island the Brooklyn Cyclones they have a nice park that's right on the Coney Island boardwalk and there's also the the big rival of that team is the Staten Island Yankees And they have a small baseball park right where the Staten Island Ferry lets off. So if you're, you know, and you know if you're in New York and you don't want to spend all the money to go to like Yankee Stadium or City Field to see the Mets, and if one of these teams is playing, check them out because you can take the Staten Island Ferry for free. It's like a 15 minute ferry ride, and when you get off, you can walk to the Staten Island uh, where the Staten Island Yankees play.
0: Are they a farm team of the Yankees?
1: Yeah, they're a single A team, so it's a lower farm team, but it's it's a fun experience. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, so that's that's a good summer thing. Uh, my sister and I My sister visited me In November last year And we went to see The marathon And that was really fun um, I had never Intentionally seen The <laughs> New York yeah, marathon right. I always get been... stuck Trying to get around it But we went In my, uh, my neighborhood In Brooklyn uh, It goes up Lafay- At the corner of Lafayette and Washington There's a Baptist church And uh, for the marathon They have a gospel choir Outside in front of the church On risers and <laughs> a gospel band So the people are running by And you hear this great Upbeat music That was super fun <laughs> Um, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, I like Brooklyn. Um, Fort Greene is a cool neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, there's a lot of cool, f- still, f- you know, funky restaurants and um, stores and stuff. So, yeah, check out Fort Greene. Check out, uh, maybe even Long Island City is kind of an industrial, but there's there's fun stuff to do there that's part of Queens. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I haven't heard anything in Manhattan other than the intercontinental.
1: Yeah, I... I stay away from <laughs> It's
0: found out. Manhattan's been found out.
1: Well, and it's it's so, yeah, it's so busy.
0: Yeah. It, so uh, give me, before we go, your favorite slice of pizza <laughs> in the New York City.
1: Oh, man, that is a can of worms to I open. Know, um, I know. I'm I know. i got putting you in under the spotlight. I got the spot in my neighborhood that's been there forever that I like. I only like slices from there, though. I don't like the full-on pie anytime i get one delivered to, to my house and i think it's because when they when you get a slice they make the pizza and then when you order a slice they put the slice back in the oven to warm it up yeah. and that makes the crust a little crispier so i like getting one slice as opposed to the whole pie there's this place called two boots that was right around where we used oh, to yeah. live yeah i like them because they do thin crust and as a chicago person most people think of deep dish as the chicago style pizza but there's a I really like the thin better yeah the really thin tavern style pizza in chicago is my favorite so, Two Boots has a really thin sort of crispy crust pizza, um, but then they also have like wacky, you know, this one has, you know, Capicola and yeah. black, so, you know, they get a There was a little... one out here, too. Really? There used to
0: be... I think it closed, but yeah. Oh, wow. Like, there used to be one, because when I moved out from New York, I remember hearing that they were, they were coming in. It was like in Los Feliz or something.
1: Yeah, and there was one place, I can't remember the name of it, but I think it was on West 3rd Street, right by the big uh, West 4th Street train station, mm-hmm. and I... I can't remember the name It's one of those places I go to And I get a slice If I'm on the way to the train But I have no idea What it's actually called (laughs) It's like all the names of like the corner stores In my neighborhood I don't know If they have a business name It's like yeah The one on Underhill The the one one on St. John's The one on that Yeah
0: (laughs) So okay We gotta wrap this up um, give us the names of your websites again where people can find you and see your stuff.
1: Website is com, And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Rob P. Rocks. So, or Rob Prox, if you don't think I rock, but R O B P R O C K S.
0: Well, give me if you have to go to a dream destination anywhere in the world, what are your top three places you'd like to go?
1: I still have never been anywhere in the South Pacific. So oh. I would love to go to a place like, you know, Tahiti or, you know, Fiji. Yeah, one of those kind of places. I just, yeah, that is, that's on my. That's on my bucket list. I had a friend that was living in Mauritius, and I oh. never got a chance to visit her because I always felt like if I ever get to Australia, I'll tack that onto my Australia trip. But it just never came up. But yeah, South Pacific, I think, is something. Something I, I just yeah, spend like four days on an island somewhere down there.
0: Yeah, well, and maybe it's some Disney cruise. They do you take the goofy cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: love I love that the excuse of uh, or you know being able to do use these cruises or use use any kind of comedy gig to. See things. Um, I have a chance to do some gigs in Switzerland in the in the new year. I hope they come together. I got my fingers crossed for that. Oh,
0: that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go do a show, huh? Speaking yeah, gonna of shows. We're going to go rock, rock the beach. We're going to go rock Hermosa Beach right now. But uh, thanks for doing this. No problem. It's good, to see, you, as good to see you. It's good to see you. Rob Paravoni and everybody, go to Rob P. Rocks, and we'll have links to all Rob's uh, sites at TravelTalesPodcast.com <clears throat> Boy, I'm sounding phlegmy I got to get that out before the show. <laughs> the um, lemon water. Yeah. All right. We'll have a safe trip back, Rob. Thank you, sir.
2: Making a trip moving, then you're in. So I figure I'm gonna listen to punk rock for the rest of my life, no dice. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? You know I'm getting really bored. Cause all songs have the same damn chords. Punk music is a joke, it's really just baroque. Am I just paranoid? na I want to push you around, well, I will, I will. I want to push you down, well, I will. I wow. It's been good living with you. And my machine head is better than the rest. My machine head is better than the See the stone set in her eye. See the thorn twist in her I'm a lot of faith. This is how I feel. I'm calling I ain't shame naked on the floor. He was a boy. She was a girl. Could it be any more obvious? We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. On your market get set go now. Got a dream and we just know now. No woman, no When I find myself in times of trouble, Pocket Bell's always following me. I'll see you in hell, Pocket Bell. Oh, Pocket Bell, Pocket Bell, I'll see your ass in hell. I'll see you in hell, Pocket Bell. Thank you so much, Penn State.